0: Welcome to the Immersive Tech and Business podcast, where we explore immersive technologies, understand how they are redefining the way we work, and how you can stay informed and ahead of the competition. We'll explore how immersive technologies are redefining business, speak to industry experts who are building the future, and real people like you using these technologies every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Immersive Tech in Business podcast, where we talk about virtual reality, augmented reality, and all things immersive tech. My name is Jason Haddock, and my co host is Karen Hidden. Karen, say hello.
1: Hello, Karen. Hi, everyone.
0: The purpose of this podcast is to talk about immersive technologies and how these types of technologies. Can deliver real value in business. So to try and take away some of the, the uncertainty, the the hype, um, and and try and get to the heart of how businesses and and people in business are using these types of technologies to deliver real value. So to set it up, um, in this first season, we're going to be focusing on virtual reality and education. And the although we will be talking about many other subjects, that's going to be our theme. What are the types of usages for virtual reality, augmented reality, we see making a fundamental difference in the industry? I think a lot of people have spoken or, or asked the big question, what's the killer app for VR and AR? And I don't know if we're there yet because it certainly isn't Beat Saber and it certainly isn't Pokemon. So in the business world, I don't think we've answered that question yet. But the closest I feel that we've come is in the space of education and virtual reality. And in this first episode, we're going to be exploring that and just trying to unpack why that is. Because over the last year, since we originally came up with that hypothesis, we... We did a research report, uh, which you guys can download free of charge. Um, We'll post the link as part of this video. But we spoke to a number of companies globally, a number of thought leaders, and a lot of people agree that a good first starting place for adopting immersive technologies like virtual reality is in the space of learning and development. we're going to unpack a little bit about why that is and why we think that this technology in that setting can be such a game changer and if i were to look at at the heart of it why why are more and more companies adopting this type of technology why do we see you know every day more and more companies are starting to do learning and development programs inside a virtual reality headset. There must be a reason for it, right? And when I think of the reason, I think that there are two key elements here. The one is that virtual reality offers an opportunity for people to learn experientially. Now, experiential learning is not a new thing, but, it is something that is very difficult to do and here we come to our second element at scale so let's let's start because i think there might be a number of people listening to this who who probably you know like i did a while ago have a good idea of what experiential learning is but don't necessarily really really if if you had to kind of you know put a gun to your head and say what is experiential learning might not have a great um, idea of what it is like like I didn't. So that's why Corin is here to enlighten us all. Um, so maybe let's just start there. Like, tell us what experiential learning is.
1: Okay, so, so first of all, I think we probably all do know what experiential learning is. Um, we probably, most of us know it as learning by doing or learning through play. But if we take a step back, experiential learning is it's a theory that was developed by um, David Kolb and it works in four stages. So you have your concrete learning and reflective observation as your first two stages and then abstract conceptualization and then active experimentation. So your first two stages of that cycle involve um, doing and grasping an experience. Okay. And then the second two focus on transforming an experience. <clears throat> and the best way to think about this is through an example, right, Um, if you are learning to ride a bike, you could read about how to ride a bike, you could watch a YouTube video, Um, when you were little, your parents would probably say, you know, this is where you, you need to put your hands, hear the brakes, hear the gears, whatever, it doesn't matter how many times you read about it, or you hear about it, it's only when you get onto that bike, and physically experience the action of trying to ride, and then falling over, or Kind of not getting going or not putting your brakes on that you understand where you've failed or where you've made mistakes okay so that's the concrete experience and then once you've made those mistakes you start reflecting on that experience and then you learn from that experience which is that abstract conceptualization and then you take everything that you've learned and realize, okay i actually need to need a push off on my left foot and you know when i'm going downhill the right handle is is the back brake. And that's when you're able to do that active experimentation and slowly learn. And it's learning through doing. And it's something that we, we did when we were little, um, you know, learning in the sandpit, uh, finger painting, whatever. And then unfortunately, as we've got older, um, into primary school, high school, tertiary education, we've slowly lost that art. And it really is an art um, of learning. And, and, and it's a very, very sad thing because experiential learning, you know, it's, it's far more effective than your traditional approaches because seventy percent of what we learn is actually experiential, um, and is embedded in our long-term memory.
0: If I think back to to the past where I've learned the best, it's it's generally been where there's been a like you know, the environment has lent itself towards experiential learning, like mm. you know, learning a negotiation course by by learning with peers in a safe space and. And that's almost, you know, the counterpoint to what happens in the real world is where, you know, most of the time we are, you know, if we're in a, in a business, we're sent on some kind of, of training course or given a, a, you know, an e-learning course to do. And so many times I've, I've seen this play out, you know, is where, like, I'll give an example, someone learns how to do conflict resolution management which is, I mean, at the heart of it, quite a, quite a scary concept because mm. you're dealing with two people who generally don't see eye-to-eye in a heated situation where there's a very good chance that if it's not managed well, it could end badly for everybody involved. And yeah. so often I've seen the person who's sent in to facilitate that, having just finished a course, having had no real experience, and, and sitting in a high-stakes environment where they're essentially following a framework to the letter, and, and this plays out across the board. I mean, I've, I've seen people in the technology world, you know, take a framework like Agile or Scrum, or you know, even something like you know, um, enterprise architecture like a TOGA framework, and without having the experience, they essentially treat it almost as a step-by-step guide.
1: Yes, you know, and, and exactly. And you've got
0: to tick every single box and you've got to do everything. And, um, well, I mean, it, it, it does a couple of things. It infuriates everybody around you, um, ends badly for everybody involved, and probably destroys your confidence levels to the point yeah. where you think twice about <laughs> ever wanting to do it again.
1: Yeah. Ra- raises your cortisol levels, induces panic attacks. Yeah, probably, yeah, all of the above.
0: So, I, th- I think you know now that we know the benefits of experiential learning and, and I think the, the phrase you used was learning by doing. And, and oh, that's always cool. you know whenever I think about experiential learning, I always think about learning by doing and like kind of trial and error. And, and I think you know the, 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 the kind of caveat to experiential learning is is being able to to practice what you've learned experientially in a safe place. because yeah. I think you know if, if you go back to the analogy of riding a bike, um your your mom or dad whoever taught you how to ride a bike was creating that safe space for you the training wheels were creating that safe space for you you know you would you would learn micro kind of 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 memes or or muscle memory kind of things by by having those training wheels by having your parent holding the bike but also by having that person know when it was time to do that inevitable hey, I'm pushing you. No, I'm not really pushing you. You're now riding the bike yourself. Ah, phew, crash kind of, of scenario. <laughs> um, you know, there was safety in that. Like someone was was kind of controlling, holding that safe space for you. And, and I think, you know, if, if I had to take a look at experiential learning, just just teaching someone experientially versus teaching someone experientially in a safe place i think for me experiential learning is is more than just learning by doing it's learning by doing safely in a safe environment mm. where i can i can build those skills without fear or you know or anxiety mm.
1: okay and it's so, it's it's not just building those skills sorry to interject but I, it's not mm-hmm. just building those skills but it's building that confidence right so it's yeah. within that safe space you're able to do that and I think 100%. that brings down the anxiety, and that helps with that knowledge being even more embedded in your long term memory. yeah
0: so experiential learning is great we've We've established that it's definitely you know the ideal way to learn. It's the way that we generally tend to learn when we're younger, and then we go into the inevitable school system and the university and tertiary education system where experiential learning makes a whooshing noise as it shoots past and we get faced directly with the old school type of learning yeah. um which which worked wonders for me i can tell you that um, so we know experiential learning is great but obviously the practicality you know and and mm. it's easy to to kind of berate schools and universities but the simple fact of the matter experiential learning doesn't scale easily yeah um, it's it's you know we in the bike analogy, we needed that parent um, or someone to kind of spend quality time with us, creating that safe way of learning. Uh, It's no different for any type of experiential learning. It it requires that almost that expert um, to create that safe space for us to be able to learn and and it's time consuming to do that in a way where we're learning in a safe environment. So it's it's, com- it's it's common sense that we wouldn't be able to see examples of experiential learning scaling particularly well. And I think you know, many people would, would say that the most scalable example of learning we have today is e-learning, where the internet has yeah. essentially changed the paradigm of learning. We suddenly have more access to information at our fingertips than we've had at any point in human history. I don't know how many times that phrase has been said. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's highly, highly scalable, but about as far from experiential as you could possibly probably get. um, Because at the end of the day, we're just passive, you know, look, I mean, in fairness, there's, there's two elements to it. There's, there's a just in time. So I do believe there's an element of that type of learning where, when we need access to that Mm -hmm. information at that point in time, it's fantastic because we've got all that access to that information. But e-learning as a as a concept hasn't really worked, has it?
1: No, I mean not not particularly well. So yes, it definitely is kind of a a more contemporary option for training than I guess um, you know you and I have spoken about this before your talk and chalk method in the class or, or death by PowerPoint. The the problem and, and you hit the nail on the head is that online learning we are just passive users. So it's not real engagement. And the devastating fact is that online completion rates hover at a, a pitiful sort of 12 to 15%. So, yes, 100% it's scalable. You can roll it out. You can add new courses. That's that's all great. Um, but I feel like it's you just putting a plaster on the problem. You're not really addressing what needs to be done. And... Um, and you know, again, you're just not getting that retention rate in that long-term memory. So somebody might remember it maybe two or three days later, but by the end of the year, you don't really remember the content um, if, you, if you completed the course at all.
0: Exactly. Um, and, and I think that's why you know, it's, there's, there's this kind of love-hate relationship with, with e-learning, I think. Yeah. And the love comes from HR people because it's easy and the hate yeah. comes from everybody else. <laughs>
1: um yeah i mean i think the love also comes from from finance right because it's kind of yeah it's quick it's easy we can can keep it yeah yeah, we can tick it off and i think that's what it is sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like we've done the training we've ticked it off we've got a an lms or learner management system and and we're done but the reality is that we're dealing with people um we need to
0: understand
1: what people want. So I think
0: I think we've now come full circle. So so let's let's talk about the VR elephant in the room. So so for me, VR is the first technology that delivers experiential learning at scale. But at the heart of it, like why VR? And I, I think there's a couple of reasons. So f- the first and foremost one for me is that the answer lies in the word immersive technologies and specifically the word immersive. And when, when we talk about experiential learning and experiential learning is learning by doing, there's, there's a certain nuance to that, is that we have to, our brains have to believe that we're really doing something.
1: Uh-huh. You
0: know, you, you can't fake that because then we're back to theoretical knowledge. So experiential learning requires me to use the skills that I've learned in a practical fashion so that I can essentially master that that knowledge. And part of that requires realism. My brain needs to feel that this is a real scenario, a real situation that's taking place in front of me, and I am now applying these learned behaviors or learned skills or mastering these learned skills in that real life behavior. So does VR deliver that? Um, yes, I, I absolutely believe so. Um, and and where I, where I saw that happening um, as clear as day was, you know, many years ago, we, we delivered a solution for a large scale um, steel manufacturing plant. And although it was an experiential learning solution per se, what the solution was intended to do was solve a critical business problem of the company having people on a working at heights course that was that was showing signs of vertigo and the reason that it was important is because with health and safety measures you can't essentially take someone up to a high location and on day one you've got to train them for all the safety measures it took six weeks it was an expensive exercise and and only at that point would they find out because Generally, people either don't want to admit that they have vertigo yeah. or they don't even know they have vertigo. So coming back to this concept of reality, you know, we had we had a, a point in this project where we did this A-B study, so this research study, and we had people who were confirmed that they have had vertigo and people who believed that they didn't. And it was fascinating that in these people's minds, they walked into... A typical kind of old school building that you would expect to find on a steel manufacturing car- plant is brown carpets and white walls, you know, like really the latest fashion. Um, and they walked into this room and they they saw this, this VR headset, but they were in a room, you know, their feet were on the ground, they could feel carpet oh. underneath their, their shoes and they put this VR headset on. And in this VR headset, we would take them up this blast furnace that essentially mirrored, it was almost like a digital twin of the blast furnace that was actually on the site. And it was unbelievable to see that rational people who just had a computer, two computer screens essentially on their head, were, when they got to the top of this blast furnace, were crawling on their hands and knees. Now, what's even more bizarre is, Okay, they might not have felt the carpet on their under their shoes, right? But when they were on their hands, they were pretty much feeling yeah. carpets, and they were going, "I'm in a room, in this old school room, in on this on this kind of site. I'm not at 190 meters, but <clears throat> that wasn't what their brains were telling them. Yeah, their brains were telling know, yeah. yeah, dude, you're at 190 meters, you're gonna die.' Yeah. And for me, I think that was the best example of how virtual reality can completely suspend reality for us. Mm. And, and when we go into this immersive type of world, we start to lose our ability to distinguish reality from uh, essentially um, simulation. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's one. Yeah. Go
1: for it. No, I, I think what, what you've described is so perfect because what the users were getting was that real life feeling of stepping into an experience where where they sense body position, movement, sound, and sight. Um, it's, it's so real for them. And, and what that was doing is that was connecting them to that material and making them realize this is, this is either for me, it's fine, or, or it's not for me. Which, um, you know, reading that from a textbook or simply asking, do you think you can go up in heights um, would mm-hmm. never do. And, and again, yeah. you know, when you talk about the scale and the cost, um, that's also not really a viable option.
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, if, if we now look at it, okay, so we know technology is scalable. We know virtual reality can can create in experiences that trick the brain into believing that they're real. Oh. And we know that experiential requires the sense of reality to to really kind of drive that learning outcome. And then I think the final, the final kind of, of component for me is that in in a virtual reality simulation, we can, there's there's an opportunity for interaction. And it's a very different type of interaction than I would have by just clicking a mouse on something. We've done experiences where, where people will actually pick up a physical tool in VR. And now they, they won't be holding the tool, they'll be using their controllers, but in virtual reality, they'll be picking up a wrench or picking up a screwdriver and they will be using it to essentially do something in a virtual reality environment and they will be mirroring the same type of of actions that they would in the real world but just in a virtual world
1: Hmm.
0: and for me that that level of immersion and interaction is the best example of learning by physically doing because In a hard skills kind of scenario, and I know we'll talk about soft skills and hard skills in a later episode, but in the hard skills environments, I'm practically doing the things as I would. You know, if if I'm yeah. maintaining that engine, I'm, I'm dismantling it using the same tools I would in real life. I'm, I'm learning what the right tool is, what the right size of the tool is. I'm learning how to... Twist, you know how to kind of manipulate that tool to loosen the bolts. I'm, I'm learning what needs to come out, how I need to to uh, essentially kind of disassemble the engine. You know where I need to look to diagnose the problems. And in you know in in hard in hard skills training, that's perfect because I've got physical objects I'm interacting with, and it's it's, it's exactly as I would in the real world, which is. Why I've often heard this this phrase that sums it up so beautifully is, you know, when you take a look at someone who's doing something for the first time, who's only learnt out of a textbook and someone who's done something for the first time but has had a virtual reality simulation, the way I've heard that described is it's the one who's done virtual reality, it almost looks like they've done this before. And that's it. You know, they've they've done it before. It's not like a theoretical thing. And in soft skills, it's, it's no different because, you know, we talked about experiential learning and creating that learning in a safe way, the way there's no anxiety. And I know one of the criticisms might be, well, the technology creates a level of anxiety because it's a new kind of technology and people are overwhelmed by technology. But I think that quickly subsides and yeah. people become used to it. I mean, nobody's anxious of their mobile phone anymore. You know, it's become basically another limb. So, once people get over that initial anxiety of technology, you know, they they can start to then learn in a very safe environment. And in soft skills, you know, being able to have a an avatar or another person in a in a kind of a multiplayer setting, where you are sitting in a virtual reality environment and you are testing your knowledge, you know, that that level of experiential learning is also very powerful because yeah. I'm essentially practicing something. Before I go out into the real world and do it, so by the time I sit in in that kind of conflict resolution setting, I've done it a number of times. And and that brings me almost to to the final um, element, which is reinforcement and repeatability. Yeah. And and where again. I think virtual reality and 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 this kind of immersive learning becomes so powerful is that if i look at traditional settings so i've got an i've got an instructor who's creating this experiential learning i've got a certain amount of time with that person i've got a class of say 12 other people who are all fighting for that person's attention it's unlikely that i'm going to get a lot of opportunities to really practice and hone like and get level of mastery on those skills. With virtual reality, that completely you know, obliterates that whole problem because we're talking now about a piece of technology that I can put on my head anytime and I can revisit that and I can do it again and again and again, and I can get that reinforcement through learning so that by the time I finish my, my experience um, and by the time I'm sitting in that, in that room with those two people who are having that, that conflict, I've done it a number of times. I've learned all of these behaviors so that when I sit in that room, I feel less anxious, um, yeah. more confident. And I have a set of learned behaviors that I can yeah. then start applying in that scenario. Right.
1: A hundred percent. And you've also probably had the opportunity to try out different scenarios. Right. So if it goes this way, how would I respond? If it goes that way, how would I respond? Um, and I mean, I think, I think you're so right around the beauty of VR in terms of scale, but also the beauty of VR in terms of, you know, building up that confidence. So, uh, you know, a crazy statistic is that people who use VR for training are 270% times more confident uh, to use what they have just learned. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. staggering. Um, You know, 75% higher learning retention and almost four times more emotionally connected to the content. Why Why does being emotionally connected to the content even matter? Um, it matters a lot because when you are connected to that content, it impacts that memory recall. It impacts your reasoning and it impacts your problem solving. Um, and that's all of the stuff that we really, really want to get out of training that we would never get from either learning from a textbook or from a facilitator who has to dash mm-hmm. to multiple Um, sites and do multiple sessions um, and is dealing like you said with hundreds um, or you know tens of hundreds of people in in a classroom setting it's just not viable those ways
0: yeah so I guess in closing out then um, what we probably are a little bit guilty of is not necessarily hitting home as strongly as to why people should really care about this so We've talked about the best way to learn is experiential, hands down. We've talked about how technology delivers scale, and sitting at the heart of experiential learning and scale is the first technology that I believe solves both of those in a very elegant way. Mm. But if you're sitting in a business and you're looking, you know, uh, you're looking at other companies who are starting to embrace this technology. Obviously, FOMO is going to be a a key driver, but, you know it's not a great it's not a great motivator why should i do this just because other people are doing this oh. so the reason you do this is because in any company today 7 out of 10 people in your company do not believe that they have the level of mastery and the requisite skills to do their job yeah. that is considering that we're spending significant amounts of money. I think the last, the last stats I heard was somewhere in the region of $1,000 per employee per year. We're spending on, on training people. Oh. And yet the outcome of this is that people don't feel equipped to do their jobs. And sitting at the heart of that is the systemic failure of technologies like e-learning with the low completion rates poor knowledge retention because the formats that we're using haven't changed in, you know, in, in the last probably 50, 100 years, we're still using, you know, it might be called a whiteboard now, but it's still a blackboard. Um, Mm -hmm. E-learning is is no different than learning via TV that we did back in the 1950s. Um, It might be a little bit more interactive, but nothing has fundamentally changed. And, and we know that because of that, knowledge retention rates are incredibly low you know as low as 20 percent um knowledge retention when people are learning on e-learning so we know then that you know that's a fundamental problem if you're sitting in a business today as a leader in that business and you know that seven out of ten people working in your business don't feel capable or equipped or have the mastery to do their jobs that's pretty frightening so you know in looking at solving that problem there's there's this new technology emerging and and like move all the hype of the metaverse and and blockchain and all of this stuff to one side okay it's it's going to happen over time but right now i believe that we have a a viable solution in in fact more than viable a a solution that solves a real problem today in business and the problem is that companies aren't aware of this. People in decision making aren't aware of of the realities or the the value that technologies like virtuality can bring in learning and development. And I think part of that as well is driven by the this 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 firm-held belief that this technology is expensive. But it's not. You know it's 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 a third, it's a quarter of the price of that mobile phone that you have in your pocket. And you know, it's we can we can do amazing things with this technology. Um, we just really are hoping that more and more people in industry and business are starting to experiment, go out there, download something from the Oculus Store, look at existing learning solutions. There, there are companies out there like ourselves who are building learning solutions. The 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 benefit is it can be built so bespoke that it it literally can be built as if someone is learning in your environment you know those simulations can essentially mirror mirror your office mirror your construction site, mirror your manufacturing plant, so that it's not only that people are learning experientially at scale learning safely but they're learning in an environment that replicates the oh. your company's environment and I think you know there's nothing more I can say about it i mean I'm hope yeah. Like it, it, it almost, when I say it that way, it sounds like a no brainer, doesn't it?
1: No, 100%. I mean, why wouldn't you want to focus on improved staff training, um, a better culture, staff retention? Um, for me, it's it's pretty much a no brainer. Yeah.
0: Who, who cares about that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, no, I don't care about that stuff. I just want a staff party.
0: <laughs> so do the right thing, people. And go <laughs> and experiment with virtual reality and. And speak to companies out there who are building these applications because you could make a huge difference in your your company and the people who work for your company's lives. and we haven't even touched on safety, but I think yeah. you know the we know that one of the biggest reasons for for injuries on site and safety like safety issues is because of a lack of proper training. Yeah. so yeah, I, I mean there's so many reasons to take this. This seriously, but that's it. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. It was quite a huge subject, actually. Um, we could have spent a lot longer talking about this. And um, as as the seas as this our season continues, um, we will we visit this from time to time, looking at it from different perspectives, speaking to different experts in the space, and hoping to. You know, continue to show you how this type of technology can just create incredible value for you and your businesses out there. So thank you very much for joining us. And Karen, thank you so much for sharing this journey with me. It's been, uh, it's been emotional. It's
1: been emotional. It's been real. Thanks, Jason. Thanks to all our listeners. And yeah, speak to you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Immersive Tech and Business. If you found our podcast helpful, please subscribe. Subscribing not only keeps you up to date on new episodes, but it allows us to keep bringing you really great content. Seeing as you stuck around for the end credits, and this isn't even a Marvel movie, we have some free goodies to say thank you. See the links below to grab your free copy of our Practice Makes Perfect report and a free infographic about the power of VR for learning. You can also check out our Reality Bites blog for even more useful information on immersive tech. And that's a wrap. See you next time.